0: your flagship home for Columbus Columbus. Crew Soccer, the games, all the conversation, and all the championship bragging rights. This is Inside the Crew. Here's your host, Chris Doran.
1: Hi and welcome to Inside the Crew on 97.1 The Fan. I'm Chris Doran. Glad you're with us. In just a moment, we'll talk to Perry Kitchen. He started his first MLS game for Columbus Crew SC on Sunday against Philadelphia. Had a great performance and in the end, a 0-0 draw in that holding midfielder role. We'll also talk to Joe Macnick. He has overseen referees in three different leagues in America. He works for Fox as a referee analyst and He'll talk a little more about the VAR situation that we endured in the first half against Philly Sunday night. And we'll hear from Neil Sika. Busy schedule coming up for Crew SC over the next month and a half. So stay close for that. Head coach Caleb Porter said on Sunday, it was a very big game between two familiar foes with really great talent on either side of the ball. It's
2: last year's number one and number two defensive team. And probably uh, last year's number one and number two goalkeeper. And I would I would say back line as well. You know, when you look at our center backs, their center backs, um even our, our, you look at our, our Tor and Perry, they're more defensive guys. You look at Martinez, he's an animal, did a nice job on Lucas tonight. So, yeah, I don't think, we, I don't think our heads are down because we know we're playing a team that's going to be in around trophies this year like they were last year. And they have a very experienced team like we do. And so it's a great, litmus test you know if we're on the road then we're probably leaving with a better feeling but we're at home and you know we need three points at home when we play and we feel like we've dropped two points but a lot to improve on it's the first game of the year our guys looked a little tired you know it's been a long six and a half weeks this is probably the longest week we've had in the in the six and a half weeks with prep for a Thursday quick turnaround late night and then we get one day and You know, for me, I can't really put the attack on the players. I think we just didn't have enough reps to, and I think you saw that when we got in the final third. It was just the ideas, the clarity, the precision, Um, but those things will come, and we know we have that in us.
1: Head coach Caleb Porter for Columbus Crew SC, and you know, these two teams will meet again twice in the regular season before... The 26th campaign for Major League Soccer is over this year, and it's going to be a back-and-forth battle between the two squads. At the
2: end of the day, I think it's a fair result. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a fair result for both teams. They had good chances, not many. Uh, we had a couple good chances, not many. But if I look at it, it's probably an even match. But we leave, I think, disappointed because we don't really play our game in the attack, and that's what makes us good. You know, we're, we're a very good defensive team. And, and we'll fight. There's no problem with that. You know, we're up for it. But what makes us good is we also play football. And, you know, we're a front half control. And, pin, you know, in the last three games we played Philly, we've won those games because we've made that diamond defend deep. And we've changed the point of attack. And we've played football.
1: And I thought we fought, fought well today. But we didn't play enough of our game when we had the ball. That's head coach Caleb Porter. Got the big goose egg on the scoreboard on Sunday. Aloy Room with his fifth consecutive shutout at Mafre Stadium and sixth overall in all competitions. And just tremendous between the pipes. Happy to be in front of the home crowd on Sunday. Yeah, it's always nice to uh, open a season at home, you know, and even with fans, you know, it's, uh, it's a good feeling to to play for the supporters. Uh, so a long time ago, the, the stadium was full like this. So that, that gives us a boost, you know, to perform. And, yeah, it's always nice to 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 get the clean sheets in, you know, and also in the Champions League, but now in the competition. But, uh, yeah, for me, the most important things are the points. Uh, uh, personally, it's nice to have clean sheets and for the team as well. But, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, the points are important. And uh, we didn't get them today, but I'm confident enough that we will get points uh, this season for sure. And uh, if you keep going like this, working like this, then, uh, yeah, we're going to win a lot of games this season. That's goalkeeper Aloy Room from the Columbus crew. Well, Perry Kitchen got his first start for Columbus Crew SC in an MLS game on Sunday afternoon, picked him up as a free agent in the offseason, spent two and a half years with LAFC, been a part of the MLS landscape for a long time, capped by several national teams on the youth level and also by the men's senior team, too. Perry Kitchen joins us. Perry, welcome back to the Midwest. How has the transition gone for you? after having moved back
3: from L.A.? Uh, It's been good. It's been a little hectic. Obviously, moving from L.A. to Columbus is a far move. Um, But, yeah, to be back in the Midwest, closer to home, closer to family, from Indianapolis originally. So it's just, you know, three hours west on 70. Um, Very easy to get to. Already had family at the first game uh, over the weekend. Um, So, yeah, the transition's been great. The club's been top-notch. The team's been good. Uh, it's been a pretty easy adjustment overall, Mm -hmm. uh, and exciting.
1: Good for you. Um, you're in that holding midfielder role to start against Real Esteli. We get the one zero win at home and then the draw on Sunday versus Philadelphia. Let's, let's go ahead and talk about the Sunday game. What's your takeaway from that experience working with a new group?
3: Well, to get the shutout, uh, is definitely huge. I think, yeah, our first three games now with shutouts is certainly important. Um, Playing Philadelphia was definitely a challenge, top team um, throughout the regular season last year coming in. So we knew it was going to be a tough matchup. Um, But saying that, I thought, you know, we defended well. I thought in the final third, we, you know, just kind of were a little um, impatient um, just to get our chances there. We had some good looks, but uh, ultimately didn't take them. Um, And I thought we could add a little more control throughout the game. I thought it was a little back and forth. Um, And that's certainly where I can come in and and help with that, help facilitate the ball, slow the game down maybe a little bit more. Um, But overall, it's, it's probably a fair result. Uh, You know, I wouldn't say that one team was, you know, much better than the other. Um, And, and yeah, again, the shutout's very important um, to build off that. And then, yeah, we have a tough month coming up. I think eight games in the next, you know, five or six weeks. So it's going to, Really test our depth. Um, but yeah, solid start. Uh, we're not satisfied, but a point is, um, not the worst thing.
1: We're with Perry Kitchen, uh, midfielder for in, uh, for Columbus Crew SC on inside the crew. Glad you're with us. Um, you were signed as a free agent in late January, spent preseason with your teammates. What, what are the things you have to remind yourself of, uh, walking into a new locker room for the first time? What are the things that you're, you're mindful of?
3: Oh well you just have to see how things are are done each locker room's a little different you know um you have to respect you know what the the veteran guys on the team have done how how they operate how the club operates you know every uh team kind of does it a little bit differently, so it's just kind of you know sitting back seeing how you know they want to play, seeing how the coaches coach um and just kind of being a sponge and soaking it all in seeing um, yeah what what you can do how you're gonna fit in um and just kind of understanding, learning, uh, and seeing uh, how the how the team's going to shape up. Uh,
1: your resume speaks for yourself as you come into the locker room for the Black and Gold, the defending MLS Cup champs. Everyone knows that you've been capped at every level with the U.S. Youth National Team Program and the senior team. Um, you had uh, your start in Major League Soccer with D.C. United under Ben Olsen. Um, you went over and played in Denmark. You played in the Scottish Premier League. Uh, then you come over and play with the Los Angeles Galaxy. So so folks are acquainted with you. Uh, to top it all off, you know head coach Caleb Porter from your year at Akron. And all those years he spent recruiting you to Indiana before you chose Akron. Am I right about that?
3: Yep, yep, you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then uh, you know Darlington Nagby, you know Evan Bush, you know Pablo Morera, the assistant coach who was at Akron. So beyond all those known quantities... Um, what else do you have to get uh, acquainted with? Uh, the players personally, the facility? Tell me more about that.
3: Yeah, I mean, just everything. The city, uh, the other the other players that I'm not, you know, are, or wasn't familiar with at the start. Obviously, mm-hmm. I am mean, now after six weeks of preseason, you kind of uh, get to know the guys pretty quickly when you're seeing them every day. Right. Um, so, yeah, just yeah, figuring everyone out, figuring out, uh, how it's done here. The new training ground. We just had a tour last week. Uh, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Uh, looking, uh, very much looking forward to that. Um. But yeah, I, I feel like it overall is a good fit. Um. Like you said, I have a history with you know some of the guys. Um. Played with Matt Lampson as well in Galaxy. So. Uh, yeah. The guys that I know, um, have definitely made the transition much easier. Just uh yeah, make me familiar with, uh yeah. Learning the ropes and done.
1: Are those big selling points, the familiarity with everybody?
3: Yeah, it definitely helps. Again, it's, um, you know, before I had signed, I was speaking with Darlington, uh, just, you know, asking him questions about uh, the program, uh, the club, the ins and outs, everything. So, yeah, just having that uh, knowledge decision.
1: Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about your time with, uh, the Galaxy. Um, as you know, when the league started, a lot was placed on that franchise. You know, it's Hollywood. It's eventually then David Beckham and big money, big stars, the whole thing. Um, I'm not here to debate whether or not LAFC has derailed any of that plan for the Galaxy. The Galaxy certainly have their, uh, their, their lane to stay in. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Because that's way different for a Midwest kid.
3: Yeah, it was definitely different, uh, but it was a great experience. Um, loved my three years there. Uh, results weren't uh, as good as, you know, I had hoped as the club had hoped. Sure. Uh, but just being a part of that franchise was a great experience. Uh, playing with some very, you know, top players, world, world-class world players um, was just awesome for me. You know, personally, as a, as a pro, you want to try to play with the best guys. Um, so, yeah, it was a great experience again. I, I hoped for more. I thought, you know, we could have – we had good teams. We underperformed, you could probably say. Um, but, yeah, it was a great experience and uh, obviously a top club. I wish him the best for the future.
1: Sure. Um, one of those players was Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and I'm reminded yesterday watching one of the highlights when he made his debut against LAFC. And you're on the field, and he comes in as a second-half sub – and he whacks that ball forty-five yards to even the score. Can you? You're you're ten yards behind him when he takes that shot.
3: What was that like? I have a perfect view of the whole thing. Um, yeah, that was the craziest game I've ever been a part of. We were down 3-0 in the sixtieth minute against our rival. Very first matchup, uh, twenty eighteen. Um, not the start that we wanted. You know, three-zero rival. You know, we're a Galaxy. We, you know, we're supposed to run the city. Um, this is a new team, new kid on the block coming in, punching us in the face early. Um, and, yeah, it just – the last 30 minutes was just unbelievable. It was hard to put into words. When we got in the locker room after, everyone was just speechless, mouse on the floor, just, yeah, could not could not believe it. Uh, but, yeah, back to that goal, I think our center back, Daniel Steres, Uh, headed the ball off of a a direct kick from the goalie. Um, It kind of wasn't a 50-50 challenge with Ola Kamara, former Columbus player as well. Um, He went up for it. No, I don't think there was a touch at all. And it just kind of just set up perfectly right for Ibra. And I was behind him. I was thinking, there's no way he's hitting this. And then one second later, he snapped (laughs) and we're all sprinting to the corner. Fans are going wild. Um, yeah, just an unbelievable moment. Uh, one of the best in the league's history, I would say.
1: Yeah. And then in uh, added time, Ibra gets the head ball, and you guys walk away with a 4-3 win at home. Um, but an exciting game, and one of hundreds that you've been a part of. I was reviewing the stats yesterday, Perry Kitchen, our guest on Inside the Crew. For all the games that you have been inserted, you have started 95% of those games, Perry, you're 29 years old. You've been playing essentially pro and or international soccer since you were a 16 year old. Um, to, what do you attribute your, your fitness, your health, um, and your ability to be available for selection on game day?
3: Yeah, that's a, I didn't know those numbers. That's interesting. Um, I mean, it's hard to say, obviously, um, you could chalk it up as just good habits potentially. Um, but ultimately I've been fortunate to, you know, remain as healthy as I have been to be available for selection, uh, to try to do my best for the team. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I don't think you can say one thing has, uh, helped me to achieve that. I think, yeah, it's a, it's a culmination of a bunch of things
1: mentioned that you had been a pro or an international player uh, since way back when I remember when you were 14 and everyone on the IU campus was talking about you uh, being dressed in uh, the cream and crimson at some point. Um, and then you go up and you go play for the Chicago magic, I think, and get a, um, the Chicago, I think the Chicago fires, um, academy team or something, they picked you up and then all of a sudden you're you're headed to Bradenton and you're spending time with the
3: U-17s. Is that sort of how it went? Kind of. You're making me think back here. Um, yeah, <laughs> I played, I want to say a PDL game or two with yeah. Chicago. Um, it wasn't much. But yeah, I was with the Magic uh, anyway before that. And then, yeah, when I was 15, I got the invite to Bradenton, which was very exciting for a fifteen-year-old, sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, I kind of just yeah took that opportunity um, that led into Akron. Uh, Caleb was recruiting me pretty hard, um, and yeah, when I was seventeen, I believe I committed to Akron. Okay, um, Caleb just so- sold me on it. Uh, it's you know when you look at all the beautiful campuses across the country, uh, Akron certainly not at the top, but um right. The program that he was building, uh, the results that they were getting, um, definitely sold me.
1: That is completely understandable. Um, but again, as an IU grad, we're still a little bitter that Caleb yeah. pulled that move.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was really close. Um, yeah, I, was, I know. I was down to Indiana, uh, Notre Dame, and, and Akron. So, yeah. um, you know, as a Midwest kid, I wanted to stay um, and those are t- three, you know, top programs. So sure, um, and the,
1: and it's, it turns out that one year you you go to Akron for one year, you win a national championship.
3: Yeah, it was it was a perfect a perfect setup, really. Um, I actually went six months early, so I was able to get the spring training in with the boys, which I think helped a lot. Sure, and then yeah, fast forward to the fall, and we had a great squad. Um, I think we had eight eight or nine guys from that starting 11 uh go professional and i think maybe even a couple off the bench so yeah uh, yeah it was something
1: more with perry kitchen in just a moment as we continue with inside the crew on the home of columbus crew sc 97 won the fan Back on Inside the Crew, I'm Chris Doran. Glad you're with us. We continue our conversation with uh, holding midfielder Perry Kitchen of Columbus Crew SC. Perry, you you played for Caleb Porter at Akron. Now you're playing for him years later as a professional. What are the differences between Caleb Porter then and Caleb Porter now?
3: Good question. Uh, I feel like I'm still uh, trying to figure that out. I feel like he's pretty pretty similar to me. Yeah. Very intense, uh, super high demands on the guys and the team, uh, top goals. Um, but ultimately he's, for me, he's the same guy He's a guy you want to fight for, um, a guy that you want pushing and driving the team. Um, and for me, I think that's the best style that I personally, uh, respond to. So I think it's been very good so far. Um, I feel like I'm, learning the system uh, quite well. And it's just now about executing and, and staying on it.
1: You've pretty much played that six or eight role in much of your professional career. Help us as um, folks who aren't on the training grounds every day, understand how you can go from the LA Galaxy to the Columbus crew and still have a learning curve as it relates to that same position in the formation that Caleb wants to play.
3: Yeah. Well, like I've, like I've been saying, every team is set up differently. Um, Obviously the roles are somewhat similar as you cross teams and go to different setups, but ultimately each team wants to play differently. You can be a team that sits back and and encounters. You can be a team that wants to be on the ball and in control and high press. Um, So there's different scenarios. And for the six and the eight, the you know that can be very drastic you can have a guy that just sits back um and doesn't really get forward too much uh but with with caleb he wants the six and the eight i mean you could almost call it two sixes or two eights he -hmm. wants those guys to be um a huge part of the build up in the back getting the ball forward facilitating um the ball getting the you know lucas darlington these guys on the ball to create pedro as well um and then he wants us to be the linchpins when we have it in the final third, maintaining control. He wants us to be ready once we lose it, that we're back, you know, we're we're sealing the play for the team so that once the other team gets it and clears it, we're right there to uh, to put out the fires, if you will, and get the ball back to our attackers. Because ultimately, if you're a team playing against that style, it is very difficult to get out once you're locked in. Yeah. Um, so to have the six and the eight, you know, suffocating the other team, I mean, if you don't get the first chance and you win it again the second time, you're getting another good chance. If you don't get it on the second time, the third time, I mean, that just wears a team out, and it's very difficult to play against. Um, so, yeah, with with Galaxy, it was uh, not as much high pressure from the six and uh Getting higher, really setting the tone, it was more of just uh, kind of a counter style, you could say. hmm where we sat back and then just broke quickly. Um, but yeah, those are the main differences, but I definitely prefer uh, this setup.
1: You played for Ben Olsen uh, when you were at DC United. He was really just starting out as a professional coach, having spent the majority of years as a veteran player in the league. Um, you probably, You probably had to ride those learning curves that he was going through along with him Um, I would sense that any, any pro coach stepping into those shoes for the first time probably had some, uh, bumps along the way. Um, what did you, what did you enjoy about the DC United experience?
3: It was a great experience. First of all, um, getting my professional, uh, chance. I mean, that's a, that only happens one time, you know, Right. Um, and just going into that organization, great history as well. Um, big aspirations, won a lot of trophies. Um, and then, yeah, having been there to really, I think it almost helped that he was such a young coach because he was able to relate to the players, especially the young players, uh, oh, and just kind of help them navigate the ups and the downs, um, an approachable guy, a guy that, um, would give you a thoughts, which is good. You want, I, you know, for me, I think you want that Mm -hmm. um, as a young player. I was only 18 at the time, um, kind of trying to find my way, um, but, yeah, I think we were learning together. Um, you know, he was learning as a coach, you know, me as a professional player. Um, but it was a great experience. We had some very good teams, uh, 2012, 2014, 2015, solid as well. Um, but, yeah, overall a great experience, uh, a top club, and it's it was good to see them get a nice win uh, over the weekend.
1: Uh, you played both in Denmark and Scotland. Do you have a preference, either one of those countries?
3: uh scotland for sure i was there uh 18 months denmark just five um yeah just culturally i feel like it lines up a little more with the u.s um -hmm. the language helps although the english is (laughs) somewhat difficult to understand um But
1: but they love their football
3: yeah exactly they're hardcore about it yeah uh the support's great um but saying that, they're both great experiences, um, especially for an American. You know, life's just a little bit different over there. Sure. Um, I'm thankful for those opportunities.
1: Perry Kitchen is with us on Inside the Crew. So happy to have him with us. He gets a start over the weekends against Philadelphia. Helped us get that win last Thursday in the um, second leg with Real Esteli and anticipating a matchup with Monterey in just over a week. Uh Perry you captained the u seventeens in the World Cup in Nigeria finished in the round of sixteen what What was that experience like for a young guy like you
3: uh, again another great experience interesting experience uh my first time in in Africa, which was you know really neat very eye opening um, the passion that the fans had there was top notch um, stadium sold out um, and just a great experience we ended up losing to i want to say Italy round of sixteen played Spain in the group stage uh, against some top players that many people know now. I think Isco was is on that team, uh, Marata, I believe. Wow. Um, another player that plays for Bill Bow, the captain. He's it's not coming to me just yet, but um, yeah, some top top players there that are still playing at the highest level. Um, so yeah, just have that experience as a. You know, 16, 17 year old. I mean, you don't, you don't forget that to represent the country, um, in an international tournament is very special.
1: And we mentioned that you came out of Bradenton with that U 17 team. One thing that's, uh, pretty common these days is young players, as you were back then, are tied to an academy team, uh, where they have a homegrown contract waiting for them at some point, whether they opt to go to college or not. Um, you were unique in the sense that you weren't really, you weren't tied to an academy. Um, uh, and, and I, I wonder there really, in my estimation, doesn't seem to be a right way or, or a wrong way to do it, but do you appreciate the way you were able to do it? Not necessarily being tied to anyone, but being able to kind of choose your own path.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I was one of the last that probably was pre-academy right there. I mean, that was, I want to say that launched when I was in Bradenton because I remember scrimmaging academy teams and it was such a foreign, you know, thing for me because we Mm -hmm. we grew up with that. We just had, you know, your, your club, you play spring, you play fall, um, you play indoor soccer in the winter. Um, I mean, it was just a different, a different animal back then. So to have that experience, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't change it. You know, it's part of my journey. It's part of uh, who I am, the player that I've become. So, um, I'd say for me, it's worked out. But I certainly think the academy setup for the country as a whole will definitely be beneficial, and I think you're seeing that now uh, with you know young players coming through to MLS teams, doing well, going to Europe. Um, yeah, ultimately, I think that's the the best system, but. For me, it's it's what we had at the time, and yeah, I, you know, just had to to use it, uh, you know, to your advantage.
1: Last couple of minutes here with Perry Kitchen on Inside the Crew. Um, you mentioned family was at the game over the weekend. That's fantastic. Who's who's coming over to watch you from Indianapolis?
3: Uh, so over the weekend, it was my in laws. They came over um, south, my wife in the stands, which was nice. Great. Uh, yeah, nice to have fans in the stands. In LA, we didn't have fans all year. So wow yeah, all year last year, I mean, I guess the first game right before the, uh, COVID explosion, but, right. um, yeah, it was just nice to, to have a crowd there to play in front of fans, have family there. Um, but also my folks are from India as well. So they will be coming over, uh, I want to say mother's day weekend, we have a game. Um, but yeah, just to, for them to have that opportunity, um, is special. I'm, you know, in my 11th year, you know, mm-hmm. you never know how much longer you have, right. uh, so for them to, you know, be close enough to drive, catch a game, spend some time together is special.
1: I have a dear friend who would watch you play as a young 14-year-old player in Bloomington on a, the occasional visit where you'd come down with a club team or play with a club team. And he used to stand and talk to your dad because your dad would be down there watching the yeah. games and he loves your dad. So yeah, I needed to uh, make sure I gave your dad a pat on the back for how friendly your dad is.
3: Awesome. Yeah. What, who are you talking about there? Uh
1: Chip Frederick, a good friend, Chip Frederick. Uh, okay. He's a Bloomington guy. His son played with, um I actually want to say his son may have played with you in a couple of small club scrimmages of some sort, or against you anyway. Okay, um, cool. And um, tell us about your experience in Columbus. I, I don't know how much more you knew about the city before you got here. You and your wife do some research. Have you found some spots that you like in the city?
3: Yeah, we've actually just moved into a place here, um, Grandview Heights area. It's a really really cool spot. Um, Great. We wanted coming from LA, everything's pretty tight. There's walkability um, to restaurants, to sh- you know cafes, shops, and all that. So we wanted to try to mimic that because that's what we were used to for the past few years. Um, and I feel like Grandview's a, a good a good spot for that, close to the city. Um, easy to get to training. And I mean, the traffic is nothing like LA. So <laughs> <laughs> being able to drive, you know, 10 miles in 10 minutes is uh, it's amazing. a definite perk. Yeah. That would take you about an hour in LA traffic. So um, yeah, there's, I, you know, to be honest, I didn't really know a ton about Columbus. I know mm-hmm. from Indy, you know, three hours away, um, but we never really had a reason to to come out here other than you know, once I turned pro and was playing uh, in Columbus, but even then those are just one two day trips, So you don't really find out much about a city, uh, but I've been very impressed. Short North area is amazing. Great restaurants. I've learned every good restaurant seems to be run by Cameron Mitchell.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you learn quickly.
3: <laughs> yeah, I learned that out, uh, pretty fast. Um, but yeah, it's a great city. Uh, College town, too, which I think helps keep it, you know, a young, vibrant city. Um, but yeah, I've been impressed. It's been a great experience so far.
1: Harry Kitchen, we are so happy to have you in Columbus and wearing the black and gold. Thanks so much for your time today. Best to you and your wife. Get comfortable and get some trophies this year. Thanks so much for joining us.
3: Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you very much.
1: Really great to visit with Perry Kitchen. Thanks so much to him for showing up on Inside the Crew. Chris Doran with you on a Tuesday night. The Black and Gold Open, New Crew Stadium July 3rd against the Revolution. And you can visit crewstadium.com and secure your seats at New Crew Stadium today. It's built for Columbus. It's built for champions. Back again on Inside the Crew on 97.1 The Fan. Chris Doran with Neil Sika, the play-by-play man on television for Columbus Crew SC. Neil, a decent result against Philadelphia. Of course, they had the win against Real Esteli last Thursday, but Crew SC head coach Caleb Porter had to go deep into his lineup to fill in for some injured players. Perry Kitchen put in a great shift
0: in both of those nights. And he was, I thought, great against Philadelphia um, and playing a physical type of game, even in The talk of not having Nagby and the lack of a buildup. I thought their best sequence was key because of him and a play he made near midfield. And I'm not going to try and pat myself on the back here. I don't want to, but what did I say in the first show? Like, can they stay healthy through this entire stretch? And it's the reason you bring in a guy like Kitchen, not only Nagby and the Morris injury and you know, how do they bring Nagby back into this? slate of games coming up, but you still are without Molino. You're still without Marlon Hairston who could play in the midfield now that you've signed Saad Abdul Salam. So it's all things to be really mindful of. And these are key guys, uh, especially the way you want your midfield to function when you're trying to get that attack seasoned in this early going uh, and, and you get into a slugfest right away with Philadelphia because they're so tough. Um I'm not to put the cart before the horse, but that's why just managing these games and the personnel is going to be so, so important. Zero, zero, the
1: final against Philadelphia, the supporter shield winners from 2020 on Sunday afternoon. It was a, a game that we pretty much expected. Crew SC in the way of possession, just short of, uh, having the ball half the time. Philadelphia with 52.3% of the possession. Um, shots 15 to 12 in favor of Philadelphia. Uh, on frame, though, Columbus had six and Philly had five. Passing accuracy was in the mid-70s for both teams. Uh, corner kick opportunities more plentiful for Philadelphia, six to one. And each and every one of those set pieces really, really important to defend for Crew SC.
0: They were. God forbid these teams play in the playoffs at some point down the road. And you're going to need a Xanax because <laughs> the regular season matchups are tense. I mean, they're very dense. They've got not only this game this past Sunday, but I think back to November 1st and the 2-1 win, and uh, even the one where they won in September last year and zeller goal being the difference. There's not a lot of margin for error. It's almost as if you've got these teams now playing at their pinnacle. They know what they're about over the last two, three years, and you're waiting for the other one to make a mistake. And you've got two excellent goalkeepers that really – preserve some points in a lot of ways. Blake maybe more so uh, with the chances that the crew had in the second half. But, um, you know, that's a credit to Philly's game plan. And I can recall you not bringing out the names of an Offal and a Valenzuela and the way they're instrumental in the attack and you know, a quiet second half from Santos. So Philly did their job, by and large, with those shuttlers and what they're they're doing and I think with Caleb Porter if you heard his soundbite and watch back the replay on Fox point of the attack and what they do so well and also getting into that rhythm in the final third where Chris I can recall a couple of situations late in the game where guys are just standing around the penalty area and whether that's legs from having played against Estee Lee but the movement, I think the synchronization of of what you're expecting and what the attack to look like in the end is still coming up to speed because you just jump right into a two-game competition that you're expected to win, and then you're playing one of the top three, four teams in the league right off the bat. So uh, you take the point, you're happy with another shutout at home, and now you get ready for uh, for one of the most important stretches of the season right off the bat.
1: Neil, um, Coach Caleb Porter talking a little bit about how choppy the preseason was, where mm. players were coming back from international duty, players were injured. Um, the schedule itself was choppy in the sense that um, they were on the West Coast and they were home and then they were down in Florida. Um, and, you know, I can't help but think that, while there's an expectation you can rely on the fluidity that Crew SC was able to bring to the table in the stretch of playoff games they had last year, uh, after a four-month break, it's kind of hard to pick up where you left off.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's another thing. It's tough to say, all right, we've got all these debt pieces. We can rotate them in. And it's another thing that I brought up in the first show. Just jump out there and do the job, Right. Right And in countless times in watching their preseason game, the closed-door scrimmage against New York City, and I know they were playing a lot of academy kids and dealing with some injuries, and a guy like Bradley Wright Phillips, you're waiting for him to just get opportunities in the box. And that's why it's nice to see him get that goal at the end of the Estee League game, but just the progression into the attack to get these guys feeling like they're going to make a difference or an impact, it takes time. It takes time. It takes some games. And now you're forced to look at this situation. Well, here come the games, but you're also expected to perform in the same way. So that's a tough balance. And that's that's why Caleb Porter and his staff have been lauded in the past for going through these situations. And they're going to have another one coming up. But it is not easy. Whoever's on the field, however good they've been in the past – you're going to be in a new environment. Caleb Porter has already spoken to the fact that, you know, the new guys and their comfortability, while they may be feeling at home, it's it's also a little bit different, too, and just coming out and having success right at the start.
1: Neil Sika joins us on Inside the Crew as we uh, uh, wrap up a uh, reflection on our first MLS game. The second one doesn't come for another week and a half. It'll be uh, down in Florida taking on my, Montreal in their temporary uh, venue in Fort Lauderdale
0: SPF uh, 75 Chris three <laughs> o'clock
1: <laughs> I wish I had to worry about that we're anticipating <laughs> snow here in Ohio this this week so okay. uh, um, let's talk about Monterey that's actually the next game on the schedule it's a home date in the CCL on Wednesday uh, of next week
0: well where do you want to start with this uh, this club that Set the record, three Champions League titles in a row, but this was about a decade ago. And then they kind of were meandering in the middle portion of the last decade, and now they're starting to bring it back again. They've won two Copa MXs in the last five years. Season and a half ago, they won a League MX title, Apertura 19. They're in the hunt uh, for one of the top four spots right now. This side of the bracket, you've got Cruz Azul, who's leading the Clausura 21. You've got Monterey in fourth. Uh, they've got a game tomorrow night. If fans are interested, 10 o'clock, it's a makeup game playing Chivas. So that's an important game for them. They're just coming off a loss on Sunday night against Pachuca. Um, no problems with Pantoya in their opening rounds, but it's, it's a proud group. Javier Aguirre managing Mexico at two World Cups. Um, they've got Mori, the striker who's, then a goal away from being their all-time leading scorer. So you're going to deal with a very well-sided club. Uh, and I think that's why it's important with the, the home leg at first, you know, if they can just lock it down defensively, because that's where Monterey maybe has has struggled in, in some recent weeks in, in some goal output, keeping it clean before you go back. Caleb's already talked about, to renewing that rivalry Because Tigres was in Nueva León The state that Monterey uh, sits in And you're going into the steel giant Um And that's the one trophy that Lucas hasn't accomplished You know, he lost in the final in 2019 To Monterey uh, Their most recent Champions League title And he's won everything else League MX titles, Campiones Cup So, um you know, I know he's looking forward to that and that that well-heated rivalry. But, yeah, it's not going to be easy coming in right away and dealing with them. Then you go and you play the Montreal game, as you said, in probably 90-degree heat at 3 in the afternoon, return home or go on the road. And while it's not Salt Lake Elevation, it's still 1,700 feet. So that's a little bit of an adjustment. You go there, you come back, you got D.C. at home. At six games, nineteen days, you're playing once every three days. And this is the priority right now. Not to not to get away from Monterey, but the priority is to advance, make a run in this champions league. Um so we'll we'll see how it plays out. They've got three important games. I think they want to keep their top four spots because they've got reclassification in terms of how you can make the Legia, which is the playoff system down in Mexico. Um so I can't wait to see it. But I I, I know that You better bide your time wisely with rest in your preparations uh, for this game leading up on the 28th.
1: And, Neil, thank you so much. Great having you on Inside the Crew. Folks, you can get the most up-to-date info on the Crew's new stadium by following Crew Stadium on social media. Follow at Crew Stadium on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for new stadium renderings, news, and more. Back on Inside the Crew in just a moment. Back on Inside the Crew one last time, opportunity this morning to talk to Joe Macknick, who is a longtime referee coordinator for Major League Soccer and Major Indoor Soccer League as well. Um, but he's also a former coach and former player and uh, has done a tremendous job in helping to grow the game, a member of the National Soccer Hall of Fame. Joe and I were talking because he was on the Fox broadcast on Sunday when Columbus played host to Philadelphia, and he's a referee analyst. And so when there's a controversial call, they'll oftentimes call Joe in. And they'll do a shot of him sitting in his home because he's got a home cam set up. And he'll comment on what's going on with the officiating crew in any particular match that Fox is covering. Well, we had that first half VAR uh, situation where the penalty kick was awarded to Columbus as Pedro Santos went down after contact with Glesnes. But in fact, the VAR said the contact is probably going to be ruled outside the penalty box. No penalty kick awarded. The restart should come from about 19 yards out where the initial contact took place. Joe and I were talking about that situation, and he said, you know, credit goes to the league and to the professional referee organization because they've done a really nice job of making sure the officials are prepared for those situations.
4: MLS and Pro have really spent a lot of time training the VARs um, so that uh, they they find the right angle fast for the referee and they make a decision clear or obvious error that needs to have an on field review. And they've set a high bar for clear and obvious error. I think I think Germany and the Bundesliga do it also well. Uh, they've set a very high bar for what's a clear and obvious error. And other countries that have um, not set this high bar find the referee going to the to the uh doing an on field review too often. I mean I did I did a game for Fox uh, in Liga Mex uh, where there were three on-field reviews in the first half. Wow. And added time was nine minutes in the first half. So, so, so I mean, you, you just have to, it's got to be, the purpose is to correct clear and obvious errors.
1: Joe Macknick joining us on Inside the Crew. Our thanks to Neil Sika and especially the Perry Kitchen and Communications Director Carlos Mojica for helping us line up Our interview with Perry Kitchen. Looking forward to the Monterey game. That's in, um, well, the the Wednesday after our next show. So we'll prep you for that CONCACAF quarterfinal in the next week as we join you next Tuesday at 8 on Inside the Crew.